Hello everyone and welcome to Accommodate Unplugged. It's Tuesday 29th of May 2018. I'm Jeremy Hawkins here in London and with me as usual from across the pond is Mark Pender, no doubt making the most what I understand to be World Biscuit Day. Now, there's, it's an important week for European economic data, but over here, certainly it's a political risk in the Eurozone that's dominating investor sentiment. But perhaps before we get on to that, since this is supposed to be about economics, we'll go across to Mark because I notice that it's non-farm payroll day on Friday, so I'm sure you've got lots to talk about. Well, I'm updating the numbers right now from our forecasters are coming in still, and uh, the number looks to be very strong. There's a wide uh, range, though, for non-farm payrolls. Are the Econodate consensus right now is at 190,000. Uh, that would be up from 164, which was probably a little bit low. But these are these are very uh, very healthy, very sizable gains. But the range is 155 to 220, and the 155 is still very good. Now that now the 220 you'd have the overheating issues again. Um, the unemployment rate uh, is uh, expected to stay at 3.9. Now, it fell, don't forget, uh, and it's uh, and there is uh, some expectation for a continued fall to, with the low being at 3.8%. Uh, but the but there's also expectations that it might inch back up to four percent. Um, manufacturing is expected to do very well with the eighteen thousand gain. We're getting all sorts of reports out of manufacturing um, of of unusual uh, strength in May, uh, and uh, so uh, we'll see. Um, and that'll be a very interesting thing to watch, by the way, because of the manufacturing data. There's so much of it, and it is and it is going through the roof, but it's not. Not really going to uh, equate much, at least the forecasters don't think so, to uh, any inflation pressures. Average hourly earnings are, are seen only rising 0.2% on the month for a one-tenth uh, gain on the year-on-year -year rate to 2.7%, which is going in the upward direction, but not dramatically. Th these uh, these numbers will be the first inflation indications that we're going to get on um on the month of May. So uh, it looks to be a very solid report and really um, it, it seems to be unlimited uh, depth of capacity over here, uh, no matter uh, how the strong the readings get, no matter how, how long uh, delivery uh, delays are, no matter how much input prices are going up. And now we're getting all sorts of uh, anecdotal reports of, of gains in um, selling prices. Now this is actually actual inflation. And some of that's coming out of the, this is passed through on tariffs. Certainly, we, we saw that in the durable goods report last week, where primary metals were, were very, very strong. Um, so we're getting, I think, definitely for a traditional, prudent um, uh, policymaker, these are signs of unsustainable uh, risks, indications of the possible risk of unsustainable growth, overheating. Uh, and just before that, just to finish up real quick, before I want to talk about Italy personally, but anyway, uh, the, we also have personal income uh, and spending data out on Thursday. That's the day before. Today's Tuesday, um, May 29th. This will be the day before um, uh, the employment report, and this will, uh, and the, as the employment report will offer us the first inflation indication on 
on May, which is uh, wages, uh, the personal income and outlays report will offer the definitive and final uh, result of inflation indications on um, April. And the accommodate consensus for the core PCE index is really only 0.1%, which is very soft and, again, belies all the strength in the economy and the lack of capacity, available capacity. With the core year-in-year core seen uh, going down a tenth to one eight. Uh, to 1.8%, and that's going in the wrong direction. So it seems to be more of the same, just uh, a real puzzle that it's been going on for the last couple of years here. Um, when uh, the unemployment rate started to fall from the 5% uh, right down to 4%, and um, yet there's been very, very little uh, uh, repeated, sustainable, or uh, you know, noticeable inflation pressures, and how long this can go on is uh, anybody's guess. And now, speaking of anybody's guess, t- tell us about Italy. Okay, well, talking of guesses, I have to ask you first, after your, after your preamble there, um, Fed hikes this year, how many? In light of everything oh, you've just been talking about. I, the expectations are... Well, far, your, okay. expecta- your expectations I, 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 I'm on the high with- side. I'm on the high side. I think we'll, 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 we'll see three. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, I think, certainly have one in June. And um, this... Uh, it, really, they have to. Uh, policymakers have to uh, be, have confidence in you know the basic laws of supply and demand. And there is what, what is the hurry to accelerate this economy when uh, there is many jobs uh, openings as there are uh, people who who are looking for jobs, and we've never seen that before. So th- there doesn't seem to be, to me, any big hurry on increasing the rate of growth. And we're also getting fiscal stimulus. You know, we're getting uh, yep. higher spending. Uh, and so, and all these things are, are very stimulative, and we're and it's and there's been no precedent for anything quite like this. You do the Keynesian countercyclical stuff when you're in a slump, not when you're at the top of a, a you know the, the top of your game. So uh, that's what I that's what I think, and I think that that could be an obstacle for the financial markets, uh, uh, higher rates, and also forget don't forget you know the acceleration of the uh, Fed balance sheet. We'll, we'll start we'll start feeling this a little bit this year now. Uh, they're out there. They're not buying as as many bonds, and you know we're seeing interest rates creep up a little bit. Um, so it's a very interesting it's a very interesting uh, thing and I think uh, uh, area time and I think that there is a risk for I think certainly the, uh, the stock market uh, and uh, I don't see the possibility really of another 25% year uh, like we had last year and so I guess I'm a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a bear, but that also gets me to the consumer confidence report that came out this morning, and it was really very strong. And the number of bulls uh, shot up, uh, and the number of bears uh, c- can, uh, came back down. So I could be, I could end up being uh, completely wrong, <laughs> but that's not how I should have concluded it. But in any case, that's my view. Okay, well, I always say honesty is the best policy in this game. Um, okay, talking of honesty, it's not something we now always associate with Italian politics. Uh, let's move on to you know the, the strange field of play that we have out there at the moment. So it's become um, distinctly important as far as European investors and financial markets in Europe are concerned. If folks remember, last week we talked about the country becoming the first founding EU state to have a populist anti-establishment government and how that was hurting the euro. Well, that government didn't actually last very long as the president, who has a veto in such matters, decided to rule against the new administration's choice of Paolo Savona, who's an arch-euro skeptic, as the new finance minister. 
As a result, the then supposed new prime minister in waiting, Giuseppe Conte, decided to refuse to accept the position. And so now we have a caretaker prime minister appointed by the president in the shape of former IMF director and indeed a proponent of austerity policies in the shape of Carlo Cottarelli. Now, he'll have to try to piece together a new government and quite clearly he's going to struggle because the supposed incoming administration, which was the Five Star and the Northern League, which was supposed to be forming this anti-establishment government, um, they have a majority in Parliament. So to all intents and purposes, it now seems that we're going to be in a short-lived technocratic government and we'll have yet another set of elections later on this year. Now, why is that important? Well, it's particularly important this time because of the decision to by the president to prevent uh, the um, this new finance minister from taking over his job. He is perceived by the president as being effectively too anti-euro. Now, that means then that when we do get this next election, people are already starting to take the view that this is going to be an election on whether or not Italy wants to remain part of the euro. If we were to see which for the investor viewpoint um, is the big risk, that the likes of Five Star and the Northern League, who say were supposed to be forming the new coalition, if they were to see an increased share of the vote come the next election, that could be taken as a mandate to either take Italy completely out of the euro altogether, or certainly as a mandate to totally flout and disregard any kind of EU rules regarding fiscal policy and the like. So this is now becoming extremely important. It's a already had, as we talked last week, a sizable negative impact on the euro. It's continued to hit the euro on the course over the course of the last few days. And more importantly, we're also starting to see some contagion effects in the other EU periphery countries. So Portuguese bond yields, as I speak, um, they're up around about 11 basis points today. Greek bond yields are up about 34 basis points. Spanish yields are up about seven basis points as well. Now, BTB deals, so Italian bonds, they're yielding now about 31 basis points more than they were first thing this morning. And that's 122 basis points higher than a month ago. So there's now starting to see you know, real pressure coming through on some of these EMU peripheral currencies. Now, if that weren't bad enough, just to really rub the salt into the wood, um, we're also now facing uh, a no-confidence vote in the Spanish Prime Minister on Friday. Uh, now, the outcome of that is still a bit uncertain at this stage, but there's certainly a possibility at least that he could lose that. And if we were to get the Spanish government falling on top of the complete political chaos that we have in Italy at the moment, then this downside to the euro really could open up significantly further. We'll certainly see spreads widening further, equity markets being hit in Europe, and it's going to leave a right raw mess, as they say. Well, you know, what's interesting is when you were talking, um, you were talking about the individual bonds, these countries, uh, but and they're all denominated by the euro. Um, That's right. And uh, if, however, we start seeing uh, a break apart of the um, the euro, um, they'll be issuing, the Italians will have to issue, I guess, and they'll go back to the lira. And, um, and uh, in theory, then, if the whole thing unravels, we'll have the Deutschmark back. Um, and for the periphery countries, uh, you would think that even the risk of such a thing would be inflationary. Uh, they would be able to use the bond market to uh, to uh, uh, compensate for their uh, uh, deficit spending. Um, so is this a, is this a, 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 an inflationary question that we're facing here? 
if it were to come about, then certainly what you would see would be a massive move going into the core countries. So in particular, you'd see a huge um, buying spree of German bunds. And indeed, just in terms of the way the bunds been trading today, been talking about high yields coming out the likes of Italy and Spain and Greece and Portugal. Well, the bund yield today is down seven basis points. And that's simply a reflection of this flight to safety within the eurozone out of the more vulnerable countries into those seem safer. And indeed, that can also be applied through the currency market as well. I mean, clearly, we're in a strong dollar environment at the moment, as we as we touched upon last mm. week. But we've seen the euro falling significantly today and over the last few years against, against the Swiss franc. And of course, the Swiss franc within Europe is regarded as being the principal safe haven currency. Mm. So there's some real nerves surrounding all this now. But um, I've got to be said, I mean, having talked up, you know, this state of chaos in Italy, um, it's got to be said that, you know, the current spreads we're seeing and movements in financial markets is nothing like of the magnitude we saw going back to the big financial crisis. There's a long way before we get that. But it is, I think, important investors uh, to realise that when this Italian election comes up, probably later on this year, unless something's happened in the interim, it could be a major sticking point as far as you know what's going to happen to the euro in the future. Well, and if we were, yeah, sorry. Well, if this isn't the first time we've seen this in Europe, of course, we had Greece before this. Um, and then when the peripheries, uh, the, the spreads jump there, probably yeah. greater than now, certainly. Um, so it's always these, you know, I just saw Soros calling it an existentialist crisis for the euro. But they've had these from the, from a day one. And I have a question. Are people, is it to the point where people are asking, if you own an Italian bond and then they go back to the lira, what you know you're supposed to be paid in euros right are they going to convert it to euros and pay you that way or well, <laughs> are these questions it if he's denominating euros and it should be in euros and it would have to be at some point swap potentially into the Italian lira, or whatever it may be that, you know, that, that they finally end up with. Um, but so that is very much a long way down the road. But I think it is worth bearing in mind, you talked about, say, the Greek crisis we had, and there's, say, a few years ago now, but was considerable speculation that they may be forced to pull out of a euro. Well, the reason they didn't, of course, was because they introduced all these heavy-duty fiscal austerity programs, you know, under the watchful eye of the ECB and the IMF. Now, the current Italian government, of course, Italian government, at least one that's expected to win next time round is completely anti that. So it's very hard to see how they could get any kind of bailout coming from you know the international bodies unless they're prepared to stick to their rules. So it's say it's gonna it's boiling up quite nicely at the moment. It is still very early days and something may happen that cause it or to you know the, the ripples in the pond to flatten out. But the time being at most say it's not a healthy environment as far as Europe's concerned for the international investor at the moment, which ultimately I guess has got to be further good news for the dollar. Right. And probably it'll keep down U.S. interest rates. It'll slow well, the rise. May well do. A stronger dollar equals lower U.S. inflation. So it presumably could at least help to slow down the rate at which the Fed will want to tighten. So a lot of eyes on the currency market. Um, well, OK, I guess we've been practically on probably for long enough now. I should just quickly mention in terms of economics, since that's what we're really supposed to be here for. It is an important week for the eurozone, um, especially we'll get the flash of inflation figures for the eurozone uh, for May. They're due out on Thursday. They are expected to see a sizable increase, but that's really just due to base effects of a core rate, although it'll probably move a bit higher as well. That's still really just trending sideways. Um, so keep an eye on that one, because, again, if we were to see a particularly weak core inflation number, that's just going to add to the euro's worries because it'll make it even harder for the ECB to, to put interest rates or end quantitative easing, even should it want to.
Okay, so I think that probably is myself and Mark done uh, for this week. So on behalf of us and the rest of the economy team, thanks as always for listening. Happy trading, and we look forward to doing it again next week. Bye for now. <laughs>